Hello and welcome to this podcast where we bust myths related to Christmas. I'm your host Natalia and we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy. Last time we spoke about how the greeting has changed. What would you say is an appropriate way of greeting people on Christmas and who can we greet? Hi Natalia, good to be back with you on this Busting Myths podcast. This is fun and I'm glad we could talk about these things. I'm looking forward to many of you writing in or asking questions about this and I hope that it's actually changing the way you think because that is the goal. Our main theme, our thrust is to keep Jesus at the center of our lives, our hearts, our minds, our festivities and not move into such a cultural or carnal format of celebration where we forget that this is a spiritual festival, it's a spiritual idea. Leaving earthly celebrations to worldly people, we focus in on Jesus and we celebrate him. So let's talk about how do we wish people. Last time we talked about how the wish has changed. It's gone from Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas to Xmas to winter holidays to Happy Holidays. And as far as Jesus could be taken out of the context, we have now, we are now left with snow and with mistletoe trees and Santa's dangling from the chimney tops and we don't even have chimneys things like that so you're right about that so I think and would submit to you that as we bring Jesus back to the center we don't need to actually change the words but we can say Merry Christmas and say as much as possible before and after why it is that we celebrate Christmas in our terminology, in our words, in our conversations, in our blessing of one another. We could talk about how Christ is born. Christ is here. Emmanuel, Merry Christmas. May the birth of Christ bring you great joy. May the love of God reach your hearts. You know, think about words as, you, as you're writing cards, as, you, as you're writing wishes and blessings on people. Say Merry Christmas. We don't have to change that. That's perfectly fine. Merry means happy. May you have a happy, you know, whatever. And then Christmas has got Jesus all over it. So I think the term Merry Christmas is absolutely fine. But what follows it really underlines the heart behind the Merry Christmas. So is there a blessing in there somewhere? You know, you get what I'm saying? You know, you, you can say, you know, Happy Diwali, but then what comes after that, right? So you could say Merry Christmas But with the Merry Christmas must come the joy of the Lord. It must come the silent night and that holy night. It was, in fact, a very holy night. We're not celebrating the birth of the founder of the Christian religion. We're not celebrating, you know, just the birth of a great man in history. We are celebrating a silent night, a holy night, uh, celebrating a night where angels and wise men alike were reached with the gospel with the good news from heaven above, where angels and humans interacted in that one evening, where stars were employed. You get what I'm saying? I mean, it was such a significant night, pinpointed, pinpointed to a very inn in Bethlehem. So there's the GPS on it. There's the characters that were pinpointed and that were chosen years, millennia before, right? And then you've got the birth of Jesus, that happened absolutely on time, in the right place, so that they could be counted within the census of the town in which the father was born, so that the genealogy would root back to the King David and his his royal lineage. You see how, how the whole thing falls together? So what a night. What a night it was. What an incredible 
call it is to faith in the prophecy-fulfilling words of God. So when we say Merry Christmas, it comes loaded, it comes pregnant with prophecy fulfilled, with assurance of God's presence, with incarnation, a brand new reality, all wrapped up in a simple greeting. So can you wish anybody Merry Christmas? No, you can't. In all honesty, in good conscience, you can't just wish anybody Merry Christmas. In fact, in my head, it doesn't make any sense when an unbeliever wishes a believer Merry Christmas. When a believer wishes an unbeliever Merry Christmas. You know, I mean, go ahead and do it. I'm not, I'm not stopping anybody. And they're going to do it anyway because of how commercialized Christmas is. But heart of hearts, deep in your soul, when you tell another believer Merry Christmas, it must be followed with the blessing of the birth of Christ, the joy that filled the heart of Mary when Jesus was born, the mystery that surrounded the birth of this incredible Savior, the humility with which Jesus was lying in a manger, knowing full well that he could have been born in, in Herod's palace. He could have been descended from the sky and warranted everyone's faith in a moment. But just the way he came with us, man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruins sinners to reclaim, hallelujah, what a Savior. So that's what we are wishing people. We're wishing people the joy, the redemption, and the glory that comes from knowing who Jesus is and receiving him in his most simplest state. Speaking of hymns, as we make an effort to keep Christ center this Christmas, what would you say about the carols we sing that aren't Christ-centered? Oh, don't get me started about that. I mean, I'm all about music and I love Christmas and carols, but today everything seems to revolve around the folklore, the folk songs and the hits. I mean, who doesn't like jingle bells, right? But which bells are jingling? That's what I want to know. And when, you know, it's a hit, it's, a, it's the most asked for song during Christmas time. And what, what, are, what are the associations? So whenever you sing Jingle Bells, for instance, let me start with that one, everybody's favorite. It is associated with Santa Claus, right? So when we talk about putting Christ at the center, it needs to be a carol that associates with Jesus. If it does not immediately associate with Jesus, if it does not place Jesus in the center of your attention, then it is probably just a royal waste of time. Leave the carols that are not about Jesus to the people who are not about Jesus. Take, for instance, the drummer boy. These are all folk songs, and there's nothing wrong with singing those songs when you're kind of just having carol singing all night, or you're, you're running out of carols, or you just, you know, by all means. I would say write new songs. Hey, you worship leaders out there, write some new songs. Write some new carols. But let me go back to what the carols that are not about Jesus need to be seriously reconsidered, and by all means removed from church services. So when you think about the drummer boy, when you think about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you think about it's the beginning to look a lot like chestnuts roasting on a 12 days of Christmas. You know, it, it's fun. It's fun. And that's what it is. It's fun. But it's not about Jesus. And I'm all about, in this podcast, the worship service, Christmas being about Jesus the Christmas service being about the church, about God's family gathering together, celebrating the person, the life, the birth, the foreshadowing of his death in Jesus. So that's why we come back to hymns. Carols of ancient days were actually hymns. 
hymns that were just written about the birth of Jesus. They were not written as carols for a Christmas production. They were written as hymns that were for Christmas time, that were to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, so take, for instance, a carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, O Little Town of Bethlehem, How Still We See Thee Nigh. When you take these incredible hymns and you think about the theology, if every line smacks of theology, if it smacks of scripture, of fulfilled prophecy, there you go. Those are the songs that we need to be singing about. Let me tell you, especially challenge to pastors, worship leaders, and choirs alike, when you bring Christmas carols that are theology heavy, that are theologically correct in line with scripture, you are actually reconvicting, you are reinforcing good theology of Christmas. Because I mean, how often are you going to sing Christmas carols anyway? Only once a year, right? So we ought to be singing about the birth of Christ throughout the year. And we ought to be singing carols that drive home, that reinstate, that reinforce the foundation of our theology about the Lord Jesus, his birth, events surrounding his birth, and the reason for his birth. So on that very serious note, I think we at church, we at home in our Christian worship, in our homes and in our services, need to go back to the hymns. Take a good look at the hymns or the songs you're singing this Christmas. Are they folk songs? Are they hymns that are theologically heavy? What are you singing? When you study about what you're singing, you'll understand who you're singing about. One last one. Let me just add this one. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Think, think, feel, act. So Pastor Jeremy, could you then recommend some songs that we could actually listen to this Christmas season that keep us Christ-focused? That's a great idea. You know what? Let's put a playlist together and let's pass that out as our favorite playlist and the suggestive playlist for worship services, for family gatherings. And you could even run that too as we get closer to Christmas at home on Spotify. And uh, that'll, that'll keep both things going, you know, the beauty of Christmas as well as our theology in place. A great idea. So we'll have that link in the description box wherever you consume your content. And if you've made it this far, we want to take a moment and thank you for listening right through and to express our gratitude for following yet another episode. Let me give you a little teaser about what we're going to talk about next week. Think about if Christmas Day, December 25th, is it the actual birthday of Jesus? Let us know what you're thinking and we'll catch you in the next podcast.